Good evening, everybody. If you don't know me, my name's Andrew. I'm an assistant pastor here at King's. And I've just got a few moments now to help us think together about the meaning of Christmas and particularly about the promise of peace that is encapsulated in the Christmas story. You might have noticed the theme of peace running through this evening. We've called this event Peace on Earth. And as I was thinking about it tonight, I kind of began to wonder about peace and Christmas and to wonder whether Christmas is a peaceful time for you. If you think about your own Christmases, are they a peaceful time? Because I wonder if sometimes Christmas actually isn't a peaceful time for us. There's lots that's great about Christmas and lots we love about Christmas, but we all also know Christmas can be quite a stressful time. I'm sure we can think of examples of that in our own lives. And as I was thinking about peace at Christmas and maybe actually the stress of Christmas, it got me wondering, I wonder what the best Christmas stress stories are. And it turns out there is a whole goldmine of good Christmas stress stories out there. And I thought I would share with you a few of the highlights, some headlines to start. Did you know that every year 100 people have to go to hospital after trying to move a Christmas tree naked? Every year, 10 people have to have a Christmas toy removed from their feet, go out of hospital. And very sadly, every year, two people die from watering their Christmas tree with the light still on it. So let that be a cautionary tale to you. The headlines are great, but some of the stories are even better. Let me just share a couple of my favorites with you. This one is great. The turkey was stuffed and ready, so I asked my husband to put it on our brand, in our brand new designer oven and to turn it on. We carried on with the day as the house filled with the mouth-watering smell of roasting turkey. A few hours later, one of the children wandered into the kitchen and casually pointed out that the oven had its automatic lock on. At first, I couldn't work out why that was, but then my heart sank as I realized the oven had been set to self-clean mode and there was no way to stop it. We watched as the temperature slowly rose and the turkey slowly turned to ash. Dinner ended up as potatoes, sprouts, chestnuts, and fried eggs. Christmas can be a stressful time. Or just another one I loved. One Christmas morning, we woke up, and there was a kitten under the tree. This was the best thing ever. We were thrilled and so excited. The kitten seemed less thrilled. It took one look at us and started throwing itself around the lounge, tearing the other presents to shreds. We started crying, and our parents came down to see what all the commotion was about. Seeing the carnage, they yelled, who let this cat into the house? We looked at each other in confusion. It turns out this wasn't the best present ever. This was a wild kitten that had come through the window and got stuck inside the house. (laughs) Christmas can be a stressful time. It's not always a peaceful time, and maybe our experiences aren't quite as dramatic as some of those. You may not have been hospitalized at Christmas yet, but I bet we all know some of the stress and strain that Christmas can be. Maybe it's just tensions within the family. Maybe it's all the pressure to get all the elements of the dinner on the table at the right time. Maybe it's arguments over what you're going to watch on TV. We all know Christmas can be a stressful time. Or maybe if you actually, Christmas causes you to actually engage with more deep-rooted lack of peace. Uh, Maybe you look outside yourself at Christmas. You look at the world around you, and you might be so struck by the pain, the suffering, the conflict, the uncertainty in the world around us. Or maybe Christmas causes you to stop and to look inside, and you look inside yourself and you find grief or fear or anxiety. Maybe especially this year, amidst all that's going on with COVID, is Christmas a peaceful time for you? I'm aware it may be that it's not. And if that's the case, I wonder actually if we might be in good company. I think back to that first Christmas. Think to Mary and Joseph at the first Christmas. Was the first Christmas a peaceful time for them? Well, maybe not. 
giving birth, first-time parents in a room that may have been full of animals that was soon full of strangers doesn't sound like a very peaceful situation. And actually, if Mary and Joseph looked outside, they might have been struck by an absence of peace. They were living among a nation ruled by a foreign nation, by the Romans. That often wasn't a very easy situation for the people of Israel. And if they looked inside themselves, no doubt they would have found the kind of fear and anxiety that's natural for a first-time parent. And then lumped on top of that also all the confusion and maybe extra fear and anxiety about the peculiar way that this particular birth had come about. I wonder if it may be that the first Christmas wasn't actually experienced so much as a time of peace. And yet, at Christmas, we are remembering the birth of one who came to bring peace. A baby who comes to bring lasting, everlasting, perfect peace. We've seen that in both of the readings we've heard from the Bible tonight. We heard from Isaiah, a guy who's a prophet and mouthpiece from God, speaking hundreds of years before Jesus comes, and he speaks of the birth of Jesus, this baby who will be born, and this baby will inaugurate a peace that goes on and on without end. And in Luke's Gospel, the account of Jesus' life, we heard about the angels appearing to the shepherds on the night that Jesus is born, declaring to them that this baby's been born and this baby is going to be a peace spirit. This whole host of angels appears and they sing this song, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. At the heart of Christmas is the story of a baby who's born and a baby who brings And I wonder if it's worth just stopping and thinking for a moment, why is it that we don't always experience peace? Why is it that our experience of the world around us, our experience of our own lives and hearts is not always one of peace? And if we kind of discuss that, we might have various different explanations we might propose. Some of us might think, well, if we had more education, we'd have more peace. That's the problem we might think, a lack of education. Or maybe we might go, you know, it's a lack of tolerance is the problem. If we were all more tolerant, we'd have more peace. Or maybe for you, you might think, well, no, it's about personalities and clashing of personalities or ideologies or political systems actually we need to sort out to get peace. But actually, if we turn to the Christian Bible, the Bible gives us a different answer, a deeper answer, really, to why we experience an absence of peace in the world around us and sometimes also in our own lives. The Bible actually says the problem starts with us. And the fact that we as humans have turned our hearts away from the God who made us and who loved us. The Bible calls this sin. That means it's our choice to ignore God, our failure to worship him as God, our failure to follow him and to honor him and to live his way. And the Bible says that our sin, our rebellion against God, impacts God's good world. And so we sometimes experience an absence of peace because of the way that our sin has impacted the good world that God made. And let's be honest, sin today I know is an unpopular idea. You might be thinking, Andrew, this isn't very festive to be talking about sin. Maybe you think sin's just old-fashioned, an oppressive idea, as if a God is going to care what we do, as if we're going to be held responsible for what we do. But actually, I wonder, even if it's an unpopular idea, I wonder if the concept of sin isn't actually quite such a crazy idea. Just think about it for a moment. Almost all of us recognize that some things are either right or wrong. There are some things that probably every single one of us in this room would agree are right or are wrong. Given that's the case, is it so crazy to think we might be held responsible for the things we do, right or wrong? Or think about it this way. If there is a God, and when you think about the beauty and the complexity in the world, there's very good reason to think there is a God. Is it so crazy to think that he who made us might have a certain way for us to live, that we might have responsibilities and obligations to him, and that he might hold us responsible for our actions? 
I'm not sure that is such a crazy idea. The concept of sin may be uh, unpopular, but I'm not sure actually it's so crazy. Maybe it is true that the human heart is the root ultimately of all our problems, ultimately of that lack of peace. That actually our sin, which separates us from God, creates a lack of peace there, creates a lack of peace in the world around us and in our own hearts. Because that's the Bible's message. That ultimately, the absence of peace we all experience in different ways all stems down to a key absence of peace, our absence of peace with God. The fact that our sin, our bending against God, has separated us from him, disrupted that relationship, put a, a void between us, as it were. That's what the Christian Bible tells us. But wonderfully, that's not where the Christian Bible stops. That's not the end of the story, because this is where Christmas comes into the story. This is where Jesus comes into the story. Jesus, the peace bringer. Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus, the birth of a child who brings peace, ultimate peace, lasting peace, because he brings peace between us and God. Between us and the God who made us and the God who loves us. That's what those angels were talking about when they came to the shepherd, as we heard in that reading from Luke 2. As Jesus is being born, or just after Jesus is born in Bethlehem, out on the fields, these shepherds are just minding their own business, looking after their sheep, doing their normal thing, and this angel appears announcing good news. And the good news is that a child has been born, and at first you stop and think about that, that's a bit odd. Children are born all the time, and it's lovely, but it's not great news for all of us. Why is it so good news that a baby has been born? It's because this child, they say, will be a saviour, will be a rescuer. Be a deliverer. And the angels know this saviour is going to come and he's going to bring peace. And so when the angel comes saying there's good news, there's a baby being born, he's a saviour, suddenly they're joined by this whole host of angels singing out this song, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. They know that Jesus, this baby who's born, is going to be the peace bringer. And how is that? How does a baby become a peace bringer? Well, he's the peace bringer because he's the saviour. Because he comes to save us from our sin. That very thing that disrupts the peace between us and God and separates us from God. They know this baby will become a peace bringer because they know he will grow into a man who actually will experience the ultimate absence of peace on our behalf. These angels know that this baby will grow into a man who would experience unjust physical abuse at the hands of violent executioners as he's crucified on what we now know as Good Friday, an absence of peace. But even more than that, they know that what would be going on in that moment actually is that Jesus, as he is dying on the cross, would be experiencing the worst possible absence of peace. He would be experiencing absence of peace with God. He would be being separated from God on our behalf. He would be taking the punishment for our sins, for our rebellion against God. He would be acting as our substitute, our sacrifice, standing in our place so that we can be forgiven and we can be brought back into peace with God. That's why this baby is born. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we're so excited to celebrate Christmas, because we're remembering that Jesus was born as the one who would bring peace between us and God. The peace bringer, because he is the saviour, restoring us to the very relationship that we were created to know and to flourish and to thrive within. And that's why the angels sing, 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. They knew that Jesus was the peace bringer. But notice also, this peace is among those, we're told, with whom he is pleased. Or a better translation might be the people of God's good pleasure. Notice the peace isn't an automatic thing. This peace isn't automatically applied to everyone. This isn't an imposition, but it is an invitation. This peace isn't imposed and forced upon us, but we are invited to receive it and to step into it. It's a choice that we have to make to receive and enjoy this peace. And actually, it's a choice I'm going to give you the opportunity to make in just a few moments. And when we make that choice and we accept that invitation, we get to experience peace right now. Which I'm afraid doesn't mean that all of life's problems go away and that life is hunky-dory and easy after that point. But because we know peace with God, we can know peace in any difficult situation that we might face. Responding to this invitation, we get to experience peace right here, right now. But also, we get to know the guarantee of peace in the future. We get to live knowing that one day Jesus will come back and he will bring with him a perfect new world, a perfect new creation, where all of his people will get to live with him in this perfection forever, knowing perfect peace. Peace with God. Peace with each other. Perfect peace in every single way. And that gift is available to any one of us today if we respond to that invitation, as I'm going to give you an opportunity to in just a moment. In just a moment, I'm going to say a short prayer. I'm going to invite you to say it with me if you want to do so. You can make it your own. You can respond to this invitation through these words tonight. It's as if God is extending his arms out to us, offering us a gift. He is willing and wanting each one of us to take hold of this gift. And all we have to do is stretch out and receive that gift. And the way we do that is we say we are turning away from an old life, turning away from a life of rejecting God, of rebelling against God, of going our own way. We turn from that and we turn instead to live for him, accepting his forgiveness, accepting his peace and choosing to live as a follower, living his way. Friend, you can do that today. Whether you're here, whether you're at home, you can do that today. You can join me in saying this prayer. It's going to come up on the screen. There we go. And if you want to accept this invitation and become a follower of Jesus, you can pray that with me right now. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus into the world as saviour and peace bringer. Thank you for the invitation to experience true peace through peace with you. Today, I accept that invitation. I'm sorry for living my life in rebellion against you, and I choose to turn away from that rebellion. Please forgive me, and please help me as I now follow Jesus as my Saviour and my Lord. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, I would love to invite you to come and find out more about what it means to follow Jesus, to accept and enjoy that invitation we're running something in the new year, I'd love to invite you to called Alpha. Or maybe actually tonight you think, you know, I'm not ready to respond to the invitation, but I would like to know more. I would like to know more about this peace. Is there really peace for me? I'd like to know more about this Jesus. Did he really live? Did he really die? Did he really raise from the dead? I'd love to invite you to Alpha too. 
All Out For Ears is a really relaxed opportunity across uh, seven evenings just to explore the Christian faith. You watch a bit of a video, you have a chance to discuss, you have the freedom to ask any and every question you want to around these questions you'll be exploring. And you'll be alongside other people on a similar journey, exploring in the same way that you are. And we're going to run that in the new year on Zoom, online, to make it really easy and accessible. Even if you're not nearby, if you're not local, you can join on Zoom running across seven evenings on Thursdays, starting on the 3rd of February. We'd love you to come and join us and explore more about the Christian faith. You can sign up and find out more on the website, kings1066.org forward slash alpha. My hope and prayer for you this Christmas, friends, is that you will have a peaceful Christmas. But above anything, my hope and prayer for you is that you will be able to accept the invitation that God is extending to you to know true peace, peace with him. I'm now going to hand over to the band who are going to sing a song for us. Just give us a chance to reflect on some of what we've heard this evening.